You're listening to the Life Out Here podcast, Episode 4, Chapter 4, The Superstitious Qualities of Tom Petty, Leonard Skinnerd, and Moon Pies, and Chapter 5, Sentimental Mother Trucker. Welcome to the Life Out Here podcast. I'm Kathleen Elizabeth on Faith and Life Out Here in Alaska, where stories of real-life highs and lows on America's last frontier are sure to entertain, encourage, and challenge you. Please enjoy today's episode. The following is a special presentation of the story, North to Alaska, which is now available on KathleenElizabeth.com. Chapter 4. The Superstitious Qualities of Tom Petty, Leonard Skinnerd, and Moon Pies With his back to our cubed mess of belongings, Zach lowered the U-Haul door and secured our household goods with the combination lock from my flathead high school days. I pitied any fool desperate enough to unlock and simultaneously unleash 12,000 pounds worth of stuff. We won't need to check if anything shifted, that's for sure. Zack said of boxes, brooms, and bikes stacked deep and high. A buckled-in whiskey barrel of cleaning supplies, speakers, and the empty gas can sat in the passenger seat. The van, too, was weighted with leftovers and luggage, and the aloe vera plant that never did make it to Alaska. But it was good to max out on space, with the Alaska Highway looming on the distant horizon. Our last night in Alabama burned with orange and lapis blue clouds, heat lightning, and the familiar restlessness which precedes all pivotal mornings. Then, after months, weeks, and days of nailing down the details and tying up loose ends, The sun rose on that first day of July, and Abigail tapped my arm. Without debate, I let her snuggle close and held out as long as possible, until the rectangular white light of the sun brightened our hotel room. We got our gear together, gathered up our dogs from the hollow house, and assembled the caravan at the front entrance of the hotel. There we took photos with our kids and dogs, and Mom said, be careful. But Abigail told her and me both not to cry. A gathering of hotel guests watched us wave, heard me call out, see you in Alaska. For good measure, and according to my nature, I played time to move on, as the hills rose to block out Prattville for good. Then it rained, for four hours. I listened to music, to podcasts, to Jake Gyllenhaal narrate The Great Gatsby. I got bored. At a Taco Bell in Hamilton, we discussed leading and following and walkie-talkie rules. I'll turn on the four-way flashers if I need to call you, and vice versa, said Zach. It was impossible to drive the U-Haul safely while talking on the phone, and though headphones for the iPhone are a fine invention, we wanted to prepare for stretches of no-cell service. I don't like leading, I told him. But he needed a pilot car. 
That way, if the frost heave is bad, I'll see how the van takes it so I can react accordingly. Then, for good measure, and according to my naturally superstitious ways, I played Sweet Home Alabama over the walkie-talkie for Zach as we crossed the state line. I ate a moon pie because Taco Bell is not a good last meal anywhere. The walkie-talkies died. But not before I warned Zach. I think we're headed straight for a flash flood. What should we do? But it was not the flash flood of Tupelo that got the best of us that first day. It was the Mississippi River. Memphis had me worried for one reason, and one reason only. Leading my husband, Zachary Regoza, the driver of the largest U-Haul they rent, through rush hour Memphis traffic. It's when I saw floating plastic, paper, and God knows what else that my worried brain kicked into high gear with a question I hate. Tornado? It's funny how things like tornadoes are almost dismissible when you're on the road, as opposed to your couch, where you can watch and wait all day long for that warning. Out on the road, in the middle of a riotous rainstorm, you might not even hear a tornado siren. Without a phone or a radio, you might not even know of impending danger. All you might see is swirling debris as you drive into the next county where they've not had a drop of rain in weeks. A tornado? Whatever. I have places to go. But I am Kathleen Regoza of Tornado Alley, and I checked both radio and phone. Severe thunderstorm warning. That was it. Yet the air was unstable cloud soup. With our couch buried deep in the U-Haul, and countless vehicles dodging dislodged tree branches to get across that river, we had no option but to move on out of that fuchsia severe thunderstorm warning zone and into calm weather. The bridge was crowded and orange four-way flashers blinked all across my watery windshield. My rearview mirror reflected a lampshade, Isaac's booster seat, and a camera bag. I looked to the side mirrors, watched the U-Haul sway. Gusts pushed against the van doors. Over the guardrails, I saw the Mississippi as I had never seen it before, white-capped from shore to shore. That night, in Jonesboro, we did not check the U-Haul for shifted items. Instead, we rested, and I questioned the superstitious qualities of Tom Petty, Leonard Skinnerd, and Moon Pies. Chapter 5. Sentimental Mother Trucker I have traveled the highways and backroads between Alabama and Montana enough times to regard that patchwork Midwestern route as yet another home street. Its road signs and roadside attractions more like memorabilia than mile markers. It was day two, and we rose early to climb out of Arkansas and through the Missouri Ozarks. Sometimes the sky above was a river, narrow and winding as the highway. Sometimes at the crest of a rise in the road, it was miles of white-hot haze, buzzing over rolling woodlands. In West Plains, I tipped my hat to Porter. I wished to detour to Branson. I longed to pay homage to Laura in Mansfield, to again walk the grounds of Rocky Ridge Farm, to share that with Zach. 
Then I remembered the time I dragged Zach to the Mexican restaurant my family had long ago discovered on a Colorado road trip. I've always wanted to find it again. I told him about the flag you raise if you need more chips or coke. Actors jump into deep pools of water. A cold cave holds hidden bandits. But with someone to impress, and someone only connected to my childhood memories and the retelling of them, my mecca was suddenly a kitschy tourist trap, selling subpar Tex-Mex. Do you want to stop? Really? I envisioned residential streets, small parking lots packed with out-of-state cars, the U-Haul parked precariously, the cavernous parlor of enclosed treasures. How many times can you see old manuscripts or an out-of-tune fiddle? The distance between Prattville and Anchorage is approximately the same distance as it is from Montgomery to Paris, and so the answer is this. You can never see Pa's fiddle too many times. Oh, but it might be closed. COVID, I said. And with only 13 travel days allotted, we had no time to stop at the hundreds of places I needed to see again. Springfield. My great-grandma's stone-built house on Route 66. Pizza Glen. Except that my grandma Sarah's house is just off the highway in Clinton. You can keep going, I told Zach, but I have to stop. It would break my heart, but I needed to see it. The house was run down. There was a posted sign in the parlor window. Her garden was gone. That night we gathered at my cousin Kathleen's house in Kansas City, where we talked about old times and life with kids over plates of hot pizza. My aunt and uncle had driven from Warrensburg to see us. It had been eight years. I memorized how it was to say goodbye to them, and later journaled everything I could recall of our day and our visit. We slept soundly, except for that nagging worry I had postponed as long as possible. Driving the U-Haul. The largest U-Haul they rent, through morning hour Kansas City traffic. I have good news, Zach told me. We can take leave en route now. I cried. My mom cried. We changed our path from Sweetgrass to Kalispell, Montana, eager to see family, the kids. But I quietly ate my McDonald's breakfast sandwich on the grated steps of the U-Haul. Wide turns, slow and steady speeds, both hands on the wheel. It's like driving a stick shift, Kathleen. You'll be fine if you can make it to the interstate. Ready? Zach showed me how to charge my phone with the cigarette lighter and that the whiskey barrel was really a makeshift armrest. A gentle turn of the key woke the engine. The cab rumbled. I took my first wide turn out of the La Quinta parking lot and anticipated Zach's next turn like fans lean on the edge of plastic stadium chairs for the three-car crash at Talladega Super Speedway. White-knuckled, I merged into interstate traffic, but only because it's not easy to steer 12,000 pounds worth of stuff onto Interstate 29. I had been having the time of my life since we pulled out of the hotel parking lot. Back in elementary school, we used to play a computer game 
in which you were the trucker and it was your job to transfer whatever product you carried across the country on time. Some people dream of NASCAR stardom or Broadway. I used to want to be a trucker. No dogs, no navigational duties, and U-Haul is not lying when they call it a gentle ride van. I listened to a podcast and watched Missouri morph into the shimmering cornstalks of Iowa. I called my grandma Arliss. Being an Iowan herself and naturally vicarious where road trips are involved, she found our location on the Atlas. Iowa became South Dakota, and somewhere southeast of Vermilion, I watched a fast-moving storm transpire out of the clear blue day. We're headed straight for it, I told Zach. And when the world was a white swirl of rain and thunder, we pulled over. Hail peppered the windshield. Wind pushed the truck, pummeled lush grass that must have been four feet tall, like it had white-capped the Mississippi. Maybe if we keep going, we'll drive out of it. Maybe the storm was a long scarf flying west to east. The world brightened as the storm barreled off into the emerald fields, which a low rainbow illuminated. Signs for Sioux Falls popped up. I really think I could live in Sioux Falls for the rest of my life. There, daylight lingered as fireworks glittered on pink skies. A chalk-colored moon crested over fields of soft wheat. We rested and mentally prepared for tomorrow, for the leg of the journey was 553 miles long. That was Chapter 4, The Superstitious Qualities of Tom Petty, Leonard Skinnerd, and Moon Pies, and Chapter 5, Sentimental Mother Trucker, From North to Alaska, a story now available at KathleenElizabeth.com. Today's question is, in what ways are you superstitious or sentimental? Muse over this privately, or offer your insight for polite conversation on the Facebook group, Life Out Here. You'll find a link for this group on the podcast page at KathleenElizabeth.com. As always, thank you to my family and friends for your support, and special thanks to Sweet Isaac, for his brief cameo via Baby Monitor during this episode. And special thanks to my dear friend, Heather Conkel. She encouraged me when I felt down this past week, reminded me why I'm doing all of this. I appreciate you, friend. By the way, there is still time to be the very first person in history to rate and review this podcast. It just might land you a shout-out. How fun is that? For monthly newsletters and other fine exclusives, become an insider on KathleenElizabeth.com. Subscribe or follow the podcast to keep in the loop. Leave a polite review if you feel generous. Thank you for tuning in. Until next time, may faith illuminate your life out there.
Yeah.